Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome to Royals Review Radio. I'm your host, Jacob Milham, for your lovely Thursday episode here on your podcast feed. Jeremy Greco is unable to join me tonight, but I got two for the price of one, baby. I have two of Prospect Live's analysts here to talk some Kansas City Royals prospects with me. Mr. Jared Perkins, how are you doing tonight, man? Good, good. Excited to be here. Excited to talk a little bit of Royals prospects and just kind of chat it up. Heck yeah, sounds like a plan. And why don't you uh, why don't you introduce me to your uh, partner in crime down there? Yeah, I got uh, Jake Hearns. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Jake, how you doing, Simon? I'm doing very well. I appreciate the invite. Of course, I I appreciate you both coming on. Um, so I will say, and Jared, you and I have talked about this before. Um, not that Royals content has been lacking for lack of better terms, but some of the more in-depth content that fans are used to is a little sparse this off season. Um, you can, you can blame that on the fact that team moves have been far and few between you can blame that on the beat writer situation. You know, I think there's a lot of different things going on, which is why um, I was very happy to see both of y'all's uh, top 30 prospects in the Royals farm system list come out. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very good trying to think insight into um, how the farm system currently stacks up. Um, Jared, Jake, before I go ahead and r- rattle down the top 10, is there anything you'd like to add to that? No, I would just say it's, I think people are going to be shocked, especially when they saw the rankings come out of the Kansas City Royals being at the bottom. But it's, it's a lot of remembering that they had a ton of guys graduate this past year. So you have Vinny mm-hmm. Pasquantino, MJ Melendez, Michael Massey. I mean, you name it, they're graduating from the list. So, I mean, they're starting to restock. They had a good draft where they got guys like Gavin Cross and Caden Wallace. Um, but I think that the expectation of them being like a top 15 class top 10 classes this is not the case they're they're definitely at the bottom um but there's some potential there and uh, they're probably at the bottom too also because they just haven't hit on international prospects um you think about a lot of the guys that have come over like eric pena um and a few others and they just haven't translated quite yet um there's still time they're still young but um outside of eric Payne and the international guys you got a lot of the pitching prospects who have been really struggling so the alec marshes and the asa Lacy's and the anthony venezianos um guys like that who have just kind of tailored off that most of those guys uh some of those guys like anthony veneziano noah murdoch uh, and a few others were top 30s last year and a lot of them have fallen off so i think that's kind of why the system has kind of taken a little bit of a hit Okay, fair enough. Jake, I'm going to put you on the spot with the question, though. So are you ready? I am. 
All right. So uh, running through the the top 10 that I could view right now, um, I did. And I, I'm not surprised to see his name on there. I did see that Nick Prada wasn't on the list. And now I do have to ask the question, if Nick Prada was in this top 10 list, where would he rank in your opinion? First, honestly, First. Uh, I saw a lot of Prado in 2021. I guess it would have been prior to, um, well, it was during a very short stay in AAA, and I was a big fan of him, and I think I still am a big fan of him. There's some questions, of course, about where he's going to play and how much he's actually going to make contact, but uh, he, we had him, I think, top 50 going into the season, and I didn't see any reason to knock him down from that during our uh, midseason uh, re-ranks. Okay, understood. I I saw it, had to ask the question. All right, so let's go and hit the ground running. So again, both Jared and Jake, they're from Prospects Live. And, you know, Prospects Live been putting out a heck of a lot of good content for a few years now. Um, when I started following baseball a little bit more closely, Prospects Live was one of the first resources Jared put me on. Um, and Hey, it's good enough. You can get the top 30 list on their Patreon um, has the full top 30 list and full reports, but I will say their top 10 and the top five reports are free on their website. So please go check it out at prospectslive.com. But just running down the list itself, number one, not surprising outfielder Gavin cross age 22 um, only got to, to single a ball, but he is heading in the right direction. Uh, probably one of the biggest jumpers in my opinion is that number two pitcher, Ben Kuderna. Um, really, really good guy. I'm hoping for the best from him. Number three is a guy that I'm expecting to see in Kansas city every day before too long. Shortstop. Michael Garcia is uh, he's right there. And then I was a little surprised to see him at fourth. Not going to lie. Third baseman, Caden Wallace, is in the top four and then with Merrifield 2.0 the utility man man of utility man Nick Lofton um, is at number five and then rounding out the top 10 we have Tyler Gentry in the outfield pitcher Frank Mazzucato pitcher Alec Marsh pitcher Asa Lacey down at number nine and then rounding out the top 10 is pitcher Jonathan Bolin now Jake I'm gonna let you go first here out of that top 10 what is who is your favorite? I know you have one outside of the top 10, but we'll talk about it later. Uh, yeah, my favorite, I think within the top 10 is probably going to be uh, Michael Garcia. Um, Jared, I think you and I talked a lot about his placement specifically on this list. I'm a big fan. I, I do question where he's going to play just because of the people ahead of him. But uh, this is a guy that I could potentially see being a five to 10 year starter on the, the Royals and just in the big leagues in general. And uh, there are a lot of tools here, not going to lie. And I, I think he is someone that had, had he had a place really on the big league team, for this upcoming year might have been number two. I might have considered him for number one too. If uh, you know, if cross hadn't come into the fold, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, while, while we're talking about him, um, you know, and thankfully on prospects live, you, you get the full breakdown on each one of these prospects. So I'm noticing this guy, he's got sixties in three different areas. Like I, it's, it's crazy to see that. 
I think the that's the, the, the largest draw, right? Like yeah. three potentially plus tools, not even counting his offensive ability, which we both, I think, are going to be on him as an offensive, uh, not necessarily a juggernaut, but in terms of a guy that can hit 280, knock out double-digit uh, home runs. This is this is someone that has the opportunity to really step into that lineup and kind of kind of alter things, I think, up the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's the one thing you mentioned that Jake, that I don't think people realize about him too, is the double digit power. I mean, when he first came out of the scene, he was small, wiry. Everybody kind of had questions around whether that pop was going to develop, but he's grown. He's filled out a little bit more. Um, and the strength is coming and he's starting to hit more doubles and he's getting the ball over the fence. Um, so there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. Um, Jared, you, you actually wrote the write-up on Garcia himself. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've talked about this before. I think that this Royals farm system is just, just prime for plucking some of these middle infield guys for trade picks. Um, do you think that the Royals would use Garcia as a prime trade piece, or would they actually make room for him at shortstop? I think it's it's hard right now because of the, the situation the Royals currently in, right? You have a lot of unknown question marks about the middle infield besides Bobby Witt Jr., but like the guys like Nate Eaton and Michael Massey, yeah, they have a lot of potential, but they still have very small sample sizes at the major league level, so you don't quite know what you have um, in terms of them fully. There's a lot of potential there and a lot of ceiling um, that they could definitely reach, but um, if you think about potentially moving Bobby Wood Jr. long-term to third base, like, do you really want to trade a guy like Michael Garcia who could plug right into shortstop and be your everyday guy? Um, so I think it's a little bit harder. They have other pieces too that they could move. Um, you think about Vinny Pasquantino at first base, I mean, you could potentially move Nick Prado. Um, you have, uh, oh, what was it? Oh, yeah, sorry, you have, um, just lost train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> it happens. Uh, yeah. Jake, do you, would you, would you like to start driving the train for Jared? So my thought process on this is quite simple. Actually. When was the last time that the Royals traded a big league ready prospect for established talent? The answer in my head is not in quite some years. Yeah. And I, I yeah. think that's the basis for the team to hang on to him. I know there's going to be a log jam both up the middle and potentially in the corners with all of their under 2025 or under 25 talent. But yeah. at the same time, all of those things kind of work themselves out, I think. And I think they're going to find spots for all of these guys, whether that's moving wit to third base, whether that's moving Garcia over to second base, it's going to figure itself out. And he is not someone I think that I would definitely move unless I was getting someone back that had controllable years. And that's probably just not how this market's going to shake out. So I would hang on to him. Okay. Yeah, I think Will Myers is the last guy I can think yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> and that worked out in the world's favor. It did. So, it really you know, did, though, didn't it? We'll, we'll yeah. see how that works out, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, Jared, I'm, I'm going to start with you. And then, Jake, you. I want your input after this as well. Um, you talk about Massey, you talk about Eaton, and we talk about Garcia kind of in that, in that same mm-hmm. group. If you had to rank those three for overall ceiling, how would you put those three? Probably Massey, Garcia, Eaton. That's probably the order I'd go. I, I think Massey has a little bit better of a hit tool. Um, and yeah. he, he, he uh, I, Garcia is good at getting walks and he's getting good at getting on base as well. But Massey, it just, 
to me, the ceiling is a little bit higher because gold glove defender, Michael mm-hmm. Garcia has the same potential, I think, but I think the glove is so much better at second base with Massey. And I, I think he has the potential to tap into a little bit more power than Garcia does. Um, and I think that really raises his ceiling. Okay. Jake, your thoughts. It's a really good question. I definitely would put Eaton third. Um, I think the top two in this situation are perhaps interchangeable. I would probably have more, probably more expectation, I think, of Massey being a long-term big leaguer. I don't know exactly what his position is going to be. You said second base, Jared. I probably agree with that, but he's also the kind of person that if you really wanted to move him around, you probably could. And I think that's kind of what the deciding factor is between the two. So I'd probably agree that it's Massey and then Garcia and then Eaton um, a step or two below them. Okay. I think, I think both those answers are, are pretty solid. Um, and Jared, Jake, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm very excited to see Garcia every day um, in a Royals uniform. I think he has a lot to bring to the, to the plate pun intended. Um, and you, you gotta love his connection to the Royals. Um, definitely like one of the fan unheralded fan favorites. I would say like looking back, he wasn't always great, but Growing up, I knew the name Alcides Escobar. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think Escobar is the name that came up the most when we were talking about comps. We don't try to get, you know, too much in the weeds with those, but it's a natural comparison. And how long was, you know, Alcides a, a starter for the Royals? What, five, eight years, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's a, a natural comp with a little bit more uh, offensive ceiling. And Garcia is his cousin. So, I mean, exactly. (laughs) It it just works out, man. Yeah. Um, And I I will add this one last note about Garcia before we move on to your favorite prospect in the top 10, Jared. Uh, Garcia is, he definitely is on his way to being the best international signing the Royals have made. I would say since at least Jordano Ventura. Um, long term, he does have the ability to surpass him. So there, there's something to watch there. He is a part of that international prospect development that has sorely been lacking for the Royals like the past two decades, I would say. But Jared, who is your favorite top 10 prospect and why? I would say the guy I kind of go to is Nick Lofton. Um, he's not the most exciting guy out there, but he's one guy that just has no true weakness to his game. Um, contact hitter first, of course, with a really sound approach at the plate, but he's just a sum of all parts guy and does everything right, right? He's going to hit, he's going to tap into a little bit of power. He's going to play any position on the field, basically, and play it well enough to at the big league level. Uh, same thing with throw and run. Like, he's going to put up double digit steals. Um, and have a good arm wherever he plays on the field as well. And like you said earlier, kind of a Merrifield 2.0. And I think that's kind of where he could end up. Um, I don't know if he's going to have the same amount of speed as Wit, but I think there's a good chance if you're looking to replace Wit Merrifield in the future Kansas City Royals um, uh, that you want to have. I think Nick Lofton's that guy that's going to kind of fill that role. Okay. All right. Um, Jake. So Jared did write up the, the, well, write up for, for Nick Lofton. (laughs) Um, And he did put in there said that he quote has power to become a Ben Zobrist type super utility player. Jake, what do you think about that? 
that's pretty lofty. Not going to lie. Whether <laughs> you're comparing him. Uh, yeah, exactly. Whether you're comparing him to Zobris or Merrifield, um, we're talking about two all-stars there. So I'm not going to be willing to go that far. I think with them, that being said, the fact that he's playing the outfield, the fact that he has a long track record of playing the infield, that really opens up a lot of possibilities within the current construction of this team. And I think that's, what's ultimately going to afford him the opportunity to shine. He very much is a, sum of, or some of his all parts type player. And uh, just given the opportunity to show that off, I think that's the first step really in establishing himself as what we deem to be a future regular on the team. Okay. He's, he's um, one of the few guys that can, very clearly say that he has a spot on this uh this royal squad i think and that that is certainly saying something and anything else on nick lofton before we move on nothing on my okay sounds like a plan well hey listeners we're gonna take a quick ad break we gotta pay our bills and we are back on Royals Review Radio. Jacob Milham here with guys from prospects live i i absolutely love it so um, I'm putting you both on the spot here, Jared. We're gonna start. We're gonna start off with you. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, I, I I love I love doing it. <laughs> love putting you all on the spot. Um, so within the Royals sphere, um, a big prospect centric person did kind of, did take a step back. Um, Alex Duvall over at Royals Farm Report, and that was kind of the go-to for anything prospects related um, even more so than places like Kings of Kaufman Royals review. So my question for you is Jared, like how important is it to actually cover these prospects? I think it's really important. I mean, you want to think about the future of the team and build buy-in with fans for what's to come, especially with a team with like the Kansas City Royals have struggled for years and they're always in a kind of a rebuilding phase as a fan, you're looking for something that you can really get excited about. Right. And the future is one thing to get excited about with um, teams like the Kansas city Royals. So I think it's hard seeing some of that coverage go away. Um, but I think there's groups like baseball America does it prospects live does it um, that uh, really dive into the top 30 of the players in the system. Um, I think without Royals Farm, we're going to have like the deep, deep dive into prospects and who they are and things like that, that will kind of go away. But um, I think there's still organizations doing it. Uh, it helped having Royals Farm because you think about like, there's like Royals Farm and Cleveland. Cleveland has a really good Twitter account for their prospects as well. And they're constantly promoting them. Um, and people get by and like, those are the two organizations that don't usually spend a ton of money, but they're always investing in like prospects and things like that. And so that's where the fan base kind of turns to. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Jake, what, what are your thoughts? Like, what are what are some issues you've come into trying to cover prospects? Uh, the depth of them, just being honest with you, there's so many different names that you have to familiarize yourself with. You know, you, we consider the, the royal system to be so-called down at this point just because of the, the graduations and whatnot that we've seen over the last year and a half. That being said, there's a lot of talent in this organization as well. And just having the familiarity or the resources really to dig into those players, it's very difficult. And there are a handful of places that do that. I do think that we're one of them. Baseball America obviously is. They've been doing so for 30 years, but um, it's it's going to be difficult. Not going to lie. Well, um, I, I would say there's no player that really 
shows how hard it is to really gauge the beast prospects than y'all's number six prospect, Tyler Gentry. Um, the, the guy was unranked in the top 30 last year. And here he is at, at number six. And he had one of the, the best statistical seasons in the, in the Royals farm system. Um, Jared, do you have any quick thoughts on Tyler? I, I don't want to, I don't want to give away too much because you know, folks yeah. know the Patreon, I, I think the reason why one he took a while to get take take off was he had to deal with the COVID year. Same thing, kind of like Tucker Bradley went through, and a couple other guys that were drafted during that year. It was hard to kind of judge those guys until they started playing. So they were a year behind any kind of rank that they could possibly have. Um, I think there were some hit tool questions for him coming out of the draft, but he significantly improved on that. Um, and so it's just allowed him to tap into a bit more of his power. And yet his Arizona fall league numbers weren't great, but the, the underlying metrics were still pretty good in the fall league. It's kind of what you would want to see, especially a guy going to facing some of the top pitching prospects in baseball. Um, so I think that's really helped him kind of take off. Um, and so, yeah, he's starting to move up the ranks, um, but I think he's just dealing with that missed COVID year. Okay. Jake, do you have any thoughts on Gentry as a prospect? Uh, I do. Um, Jared wrote him up. Shocking, I know. But (laughs) in in talking about him specifically, one thing I can attest to is the data behind his performance really actually backs up his performance. And and that's something that gives me hope. I mean, he was pretty consistent level to level. Uh, He hits the ball hard. There's a lot of contact skills there, which maybe he didn't have coming out of the draft and in 2021 even. And I I think just the fact that he was able to produce a lot more contact and quality contact of that definitely has him on an upward trajectory. Yeah. I mean, certainly. So I, I called Ben Kuderna, one of the fastest risers, (laughs) but let's, let's be honest. Tyler Gentry is, uh, is really the, the smart pick. And, and speaking of smart picks, y'all, y'all got to make some smart picks in these, in the, you know, 11 through 30 like that. That is tough. It, It has to be Jared. Who is your favorite guy in that range? And just give us a quick, quick sneak peek as to why. Yeah, I mean, the one guy that really stuck out to me when I was doing the reports is Beckway. Uh, I think he was the best prospect that the Royals got in return in the Andrew Benintendi deal. I first like was looking at his numbers. I'm like, eh, they're not that impressive. But then you watch his stuff, and the fastball and slider are absolutely disgusting. And he's just got a, he's most likely a two pitch pitcher. The changeup needs a lot of work and refinement and the command is a little bit shaky. I think he was like over something four walks per nine last year. Um, but I mean, that fastball and slider can play in a big league bullpen. And I think that's the guy to really watch uh, next year and see how he takes those next steps in his development. Okay. All right. And Jake, this was your favorite overall prospect in, in the farm system. Tell us, tell us who it is. You know, the the funny thing about that is, is I, don't, I don't know if that's a true statement. I'm actually going to change my prospect. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to switch a on you uh, and, and go specifically with Austin Charles. And this is someone yeah. that specifically was I was turned on to by Jared. Strangely enough, he reached out to me. He was like, hey, we need to figure out a place for this guy because I think he's writing up an article. If it hasn't already been posted, it's coming soon. Uh, this might be the most interesting player in the system. I don't know if he's necessarily the breakout pick for this next year or even the year after that, but um, 
in reviewing this list leading up to this podcast, he's the guy that maybe has the biggest offensive ceiling. There's obviously a large gap between what he is currently and what he could become. Uh, he might be the most interesting dude, though, at the back of this list, just based off of the athleticism, his pure size, the way he hits the ball. I don't know exactly where he's going to play, but all of the tools are in place for him to be something pretty special in maybe five years time. Yeah, he is. He's definitely a, a long-term project, but he's got all the tools. Jared, do you have any thoughts on, on Charles? I haven't done enough research into him personally. So thank you for bringing him up, Jake. Of course. The ball is just loud off his bat. I was watching some BP videos of him and it's just insane. I mean, there's going to be questions about the hit tool, I think, because he's a high school kid, prep kid. I wasn't facing much competition in terms of that. And so when he gets into the major league level, of course, like any guy who's coming out of high school is going to have to try to figure out how to develop and make swing adjustments and things like that. So a lot's going to ride on that for him. Mm -hmm. Um, But man, he's the guy, I think it was like, just size wise, not like baseball talent or anything like Aaron judge. He looks like size wise, like that's where his stature is at. Um, or he's just a big dude. Man. One of the things about him too, is, you know, he was drafted in the 20th round. I believe that's going to kind of just naturally overshadow his talent. He wasn't that level of prospect. He was more in like the top three or four round range. And of course money signed him away, but, uh, he's, a very intriguing prospect, just extremely raw kind of comes with the territory of being six foot six and 220 pounds, <laughs> but uh, very interesting. And I, I would highly encourage anybody that's interested specifically in, in deeper prospects to, to take a look at him. Yeah, certainly. And if if you want those deeper looks into prospects, please go check out Prospects Live. Um, they got they got all the teams. It's not just the Royals. You can go check out prospects from any team. If you sign up for their Patreon, you can get access to the full top 30 prospects list in the Royal system and write-ups for, for each one of them as well. Again, this is Jake Milham here with Jared Perkins and Jake Kearns of Prospects Live. Now, Jake, I'm, I'm and again, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> um, you are daylighting as an attorney. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, if, if you had to put one Royals legend on the stand and grill him, who would it be? Am I trying to get the truth out of them? Yes, we're trying to get the truth out of them. I I think the fact that uh, George Brett talks about his bowel movements would probably be the answer. (laughs) I I would pay to uh, to see that on TV. I'm I'm not gonna lie. We we can finally get the answers we really deserve as Royals fans. Uh, I I had I had to ask you that, Jake. Sorry about that. No, I appreciate it. Um, All right, one more. Well, not even prospect specific, a organizational depth question. Jared, you you know, I, I love food. I, I speak in food. If you had to describe the Royals farm system as a restaurant chain, what would it be and why? Jared, oh, you man. go first, man. A restaurant chain? Yeah. Uh, so, hey, are 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 they a are they a cookout? Are they a Mickey D's? Are we talking about a about a Ruth Chris or something? You know, <laughs> I can't even think of a good thing here. Um, I feel like they're just like a Golden Corral buffet, just a mix of everything, <laughs> and you're just kind of like, eh, do I want this? Yeah, I'll take it. 
that's kind of how I can describe it. I mean, it's not it's not a system that's going to blow you away, but there's enough there that they can choose from. And you're like, oh, that's pretty good. Okay. All right. Jake, you got, you got one for us. I'm going to keep it local to Kansas city and, Ooh. and say they're a, uh, specifically a Gates mix plate. A lot of, a oh. little bit of sauce and you know what, maybe not the best, but pretty damn good. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I'll take that man. Jared, sorry, Jared and I are out here on on the East Coast, man, and just any Kansas City barbecue sounds so good yeah. right now, right, Jared? I will yeah, take it. Got zero access to it. Oh, I know, right? I will. So first off, Jake. So up in Maryland, they put Old Bay on their on their barbecue. They they yeah. put it on everything. It just doesn't belong on barbecue. No, I'm not it an is. Old Bay guy. Hey, no, no. I live in Maryland. I'm not an old bay guy. <laughs> Jake, have you tried that before? Have you tried old bay? So you know what? I have a thing of it in my. Uh, yeah, I've I've got some on hand. Okay, there you go. Never put it on barbecue though. That's 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 yeah. foul. I I know it's uh it, it's just not the combination. It it has its corner. It has its place. It it, it can stay over there. I'll uh I'll take it there. I'll take it there. Um, so. Jared, Jake, we're going to introduce you to the lovely tradition here on the podcast, the Royal Reviews Reviews. I have been doing this for a month and a half, and I still cannot <laughs> say that right. All right, but I ain't going to edit it out because I'm I'm not a proud man, and I will admit my uh, my faults. So while y'all get your reviews ready, I'm going to go ahead and start us off here. So I just finished. Uh, this book this week, it's called League of Denial. Um, I thought it was a really good read, especially considering the recent um, string of concussions in the NFL and like how the NFL kind of suppressed the medical truth coming out about how bad concussions can be. Um, it is by, and I'm going to butcher his last name. It's by Mark Faneru Weda. It's it, it is a mouthful. Um, he wrote another book that was pretty popular called Game of Shadows. So I would highly suggest checking that out. Um, Mr. Kearns, why don't you go second? Yeah, so one Game of Shadows is actually a pretty good book. So I'm not mm -hmm. familiar with the NFL one, but uh, that's a pretty good book uh, in terms of something that I have specifically read recently, because I'll, I'll keep it with a, a book theme. OK. Um, the last couple of months have been dedicated specifically to prospects live uh, reports. And that's a very time consuming process. And I am very dark right now in my soul. So I finished after 10 years house of leaves, which I don't know if you're familiar with or not. It is very much a postmodern like horror book, I guess by Mark Daniel Lusky. And uh, it's, absolutely one of the top probably five books that i've ever read in my life it's uh claustrophobic it's very atmospheric and it is 700 pages so that's how i spent the last month of my life jake is is, 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 is everything okay man is everything okay in, in, in iowa you're you're you cover prospects and read horror man yeah no everything's great <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say blink twice if, if you're in trouble, but we're a podcast, so you can't blink. I, I'm clicking my uh, my heels right now if you can't. Oh, so. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, th thank you very much for that, Jake. I do appreciate it. Jared, on to you for your review. Yeah, so I'm going with Athletic Brewing Company beer. It okay. is a non-alcoholic beer since I'm doing dry-ish January. 
and Ish. it's the closest thing that I can uh, that's tasted close to beer. Like it's okay. unbelievable. Really? Yeah. I have uh, dryish because my birthday is in January, so I have to have like ooh. one or two days where yeah, I join a whiskey or something. That is uh, that that is definitely ish. Yeah, y'all yeah. y'all are doing power power to you on that, Jared. I uh, <laughs> I don't have the willpower to do dry January. Not gonna lie. Oh, Jake, have you ever tried non-alcoholic beer? I have it personally. Uh, no, I had hot tea once, and that was about as close as I got. Wow. <laughs> Athletic Brewing Company beer. It's insanely IPAs taste like an IPA. It's wild. I will, I will say this. I can see you on video right now and I, I wouldn't have known the difference. And you usually can tell, yeah. when, especially when it's in a glass, like it's watery. Oh, I've had some real bad ones. But this is, <laughs> this the only is the thing worse. The only thing worse might be gluten-free beers. I think that is because my, my wife is, she can't have gluten. Mm. They were so bad. She just went to cider. She just didn't even, <laughs> she stopped trying. <laughs> um, Jared Perkins, Jake Kearns of Prospects Live once again. Um, to both of y'all, thank you so much for your work, um, profiling these guys and listeners out there. If you want access to the full top 30 list and full write-ups for all of them, please go check out prospectslive.com. You can sign up for their Patreon over there. Uh, but Jared and Jake, I know both of y'all are doing plenty of other work outside of this one list. Jared, where can people find you on social media and find your work? Yeah, so you can find me on uh, Twitter on JaredCP1. Um, and most of my work's through Prospects Live. So I do a lot of writing on the human side of the game, uh, focusing on player stories behind their performances and numbers on the field. Uh, we got ball uh, that we have on Prospects Live's YouTube, on the Prospects Live's podcast channel. So you can find all that stuff there. Heck yeah, heck yeah. And Mr. Kearns, where can folks find you and your work? Yeah, so I'm exclusive to Twitter for social media. It's Jake RNS21. All of my work is for Prospects Live. We are very much so uh, deep into the work of top 30 lists. I think we've released maybe 20 at this point in time, have 10 coming, and then we're working on a top 100 list, which is about to drop in roughly four weeks, I think. So yeah. yeah, all of my stuff is there. And no right. good for Jake. He's only editing every single report and writing. Only that's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Easy, easy work. You you should go read some more horror or something, Jake. Yeah, exactly, right exactly. Today. I'm doing that when I get off here. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, I don't want to keep you too much more away from that. Again, this is Jake Milham. You could find me on Twitter at jmilham for all my Chiefs and Royals content. And of course, please go check out the work at RoyalsReview.com. You could also find Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. But to all you listeners out there, thank you very much for your support. And until next time, go Royals!